Our Father, you are God. There is none like you. Uh, you are the uncreated God, uh, God of the universe. You are the Lord of hosts. Um, we are so thankful uh, for your Son, Jesus, who you sent um, from heaven to earth to lay down his life for us. So, God, that you could know us and have a relationship with us personally. Uh, you know us from the inside out, Lord. Um, but, God, you desire a personal, one-on-one relationship with us. And you loved us so much, you sent your one and only Son. We're, we're thankful for that. Lord, we ask now, through your very word, that you would speak to us. May your Holy Spirit uh, illuminate our hearts and our minds that, to understand, uh, Father, your scriptures this morning. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do during this time, what you're going to teach us, what you're going to show us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, uh, we are going to look at the book of Psalms again. Uh, last week, we began looking in this wonderful book of uh, prayers and, and, and songs that were, were written centuries ago. Uh, they're honest. They're, they're authentic. Uh, they're, they're real. And, and what I personally love about the Psalms is that they lead us through the, the peaks and the valleys of, of the human experience. They deal with life's ups and downs. And in those experiences, we, we find prayers of, of joy. We find prayers of thanksgiving. We, we find prayers of, of help and rescue uh, throughout this, this wonderful book. And, and through it all, that the Psalms promote a steady discipline of praise and worship to God, whether one is in the peak or whether one is in the valley of life. And so this morning we find a psalm of praise to God that encourages us to thank God for who He is and for all that He has done. And so we should be thankful. And I don't know about you, but, but during this time, that's one of the things that, that my family has, has really been, been learning uh, more and more of is to be thankful, to be thankful to God and to be thankful for what He has blessed us with. And, and thankfulness is, is vital. It, it's an essential guardian to the soul. It, it is an attitude. It's a heart that we should have. It's, it's a discipline that we should practice. And so let us be thankful to God. That, that's our focus here in, in Psalm 136. And so if you would turn with me this morning uh, to this beautiful psalm, Psalm 136. It's known by the Jews as, as the last psalm in the great Hallel. The great Hallel is found from Psalm 120 to, to 136. And Hallel is where we get the English word hallelujah. And, and so you could call this psalm the, the, the great hallelujah. This was a popular worship song among the people uh, back in this day. The Jews would often sing it at their Passover celebrations and as they would remember the exodus out of Egypt. And so this is a very popular hymn. And, and so this morning I'd like for us to, to walk through Psalm 136 together. And so if you'll follow along just, just verse by verse as we go this morning. The first thing we're going to find this morning is that we are to be thankful to God for who he is. And so in verses 1 through 3, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His loving kindness is everlasting. And we're to be thankful to God, for He is 
good, the scripture says here in verse 1. He is good beyond all others. He is the source of all that is good. Um, all he does is good, and he is good to all. In fact, in Psalm 34, 8, David invites us to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And we praise God with thanksgiving also, not only because he is good, but because he is God of all, and he is God over all. In verse 2 and 3, it says he is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords, meaning that there is none like him. There is none that compare to him. Romans eleven thirty six. 36, Paul says, for from him, speaking of God, think, speaking literally of, of Jesus, that from him and through him and to him are all things and to him be the glory forever. Amen. And, and so God is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords and, and we should thank him for who he is. Not only that, but we praise God with thanksgiving because of his everlasting love and mercy. I don't know if you caught it there in the first three verses, but it, it repeated the same thing at the end of verse one, the end of verse two, the end of verse three. It says, for his loving kindness is everlasting. In this psalm, it, it's going to do that 26 times. Through these 26 verses, uh, it's going to say, for his loving kindness is everlasting. You see, when this psalm was sung by a leader in a worship service, that, that first verse would be sung, um, saying something like, uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then the congregation, the, the people would respond with, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And so it, it was almost like together in unison, there's this big applause to what the leader just said, that God is good. And then they together as a community, as, as a congregation, would declare the greatness of God's love, that His love is everlasting. And so you have this beautiful song that, that is met with uh, a response to the leader who, who's leading in worship, and it's this great, beautiful worship experience. And so throughout the Psalms, we find repetition. It's used to emphasize what is great, what is important. And so we find here 26 times the repetition that God's love is everlasting. His love and His mercy is forever. It's everlasting. And so we should praise Him with thanksgiving for His everlasting love, for His mercy, continually day by day. It's very important. It's very vital. And so these three verses set the tone for the rest of the psalm. And so as we move to verse 4, it says, Let us be thankful to God for he is our creator, and He has created wonderful things, wonderful acts. And it says in verse 4, To Him alone does great wonders, for His loving kindness is everlasting. To Him who made the heavens with skill, for His loving kindness is everlasting. To Him who spread out the earth above the waters, for His loving kindness is everlasting. To Him who made the great lights, for His loving kindness is everlasting. To uh, the sun to rule by day, for His loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and stars to rule by night, for His loving kindness is everlasting. And so we praise God with thanksgiving because He alone is our Creator. He is the Creator of all things. In fact, the Apostle Paul 
uh, proclaimed this. In fact, he declared this and, and praised Jesus as the creator. In Colossians 1.16, it says, For by him, speaking of Jesus Christ, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. And so Jesus is the creator, and how wonderful is his creation that we read about here through verses 4 and 9. If you think back to, to Genesis 1, which uh, the psalmist no doubt is doing that, reflecting on those uh, seven day, six days of creation, and then obviously the seven-day uh, God rests. But on those first five days, if you remember, when God uh, creates that the heavens and the earth, and he, and he fills his creation. At the end of each day, he, he, he looked back and, at what he created, and he said, it is good. It, it is good, because his creation is a wonderful, wonderful act. Um, all of his creation is, and, and as God has filled it, as we see in Genesis 1. And then on the sixth day, if you remember, he created man, and he created man in his image. And when he was done, he said, this is very good. You see, you and I are the pinnacle of God's creation. And he sat back and said, it is very good. How wonderful is God's creation. Let us thank him for all that he has created. Let us give him praise this morning. Next in verse 10, we find that we're to be thankful to God for his care for his people. And specifically the focus here is his care for Israel, his chosen people that he has set apart. Uh, as a nation uh, to, to spread his glory throughout the earth. And so in verse 10 through 15, it says, To him who smote or conquered or defeated the Egyptians and the firstborn, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And verse 11, and, and brought Israel out from their midst, for his loving kindness is everlasting, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, for his loving kindness is everlasting, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And then, but he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his loving kindness is everlasting. The psalmist here recalls God's wonderful acts on behalf of Israel. It, it is important to bring to remembrance all that God has done to care for his people over time. And here they recall how God humbled the Egyptians who had held the Israelites in bondage for so long. And then God brings the Israelites up out of their bondage, out of their slavery, out of Egypt through the Red Sea miraculously. And so the psalm recalls that. And the people sing in response about God's love, how it's everlasting. Because he has done wonderful things for his people. And then he recalls more in verse 16. It says, To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who smote or conquered, defeated great kings, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And slew mighty kings, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Uh, Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And Og, king of Bashan, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And gave their land as a heritage. For his loving kindness is everlasting, even a heritage to Israel, his servant. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Here the psalmist recalls how God took them through the journey in the wilderness into Canaan. How he defeated the evil Canaanite kings on behalf of his people and gave them their land. And so let us be thankful 
to God for how he has worked on our behalf, on behalf of his people over time, over centuries. He has cared for his people. And let us remember that this morning. And so let us think about what are we thankful for? We sent a note out this week to the church and we asked you to think about what what are you thankful for? I want to encourage you, if you haven't got to do that yet, I'd love for you to sit down and and think about what you're thankful for, maybe as a family, and send that in. We'd love to hear just about what, what you're thankful for, especially during this time. It's good for us to recall the wonderful acts of God in our life, things that He's provided for us, and most of all, where we started today, we thank God for who He is. Now, thankfulness is, is, is important. It's vital to the Christian life. It is a guard for the soul. And so I want to just take a step back from Psalm 136 just for a moment. And Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7, something important about thanksgiving. It says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude, overflowing with thanksgiving. You see, thankfulness is important. It's a mark of maturity in the Christian life. Paul speaks of one here in verse 6 and 7 of Colossians 2, who is firmly rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is being built up and becoming increasingly stable in their faith with Jesus. And this one is to have something special. They are to overflow. Their life is to overflow with thankfulness, with gratitude unto Jesus Christ. And so thankfulness is the language. It's the song of the church. And guess what? The enemy hates it. He hates it. But this is to be the great hymn, the great hymn that comes forth from the church. Thankfulness and gratitude, therefore, is a guard to the soul. For when it dies, though, our eyes are off the grace of God. We're not protected and um, we're not on guard against the enemy. We become fair game. And so thankfulness this morning, I want you to think about it as literally something that guards our soul. And so what does that practically mean this morning? I want you to think about it in a few ways. First of all, thankfulness or gratitude is a guard to our mind. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, 21, Paul says this, For even though they knew God... They did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. And so here you have a people that Paul is speaking about here in Romans 1. They had a knowledge of God, but they failed to see his excellencies and they failed to honor him for who he is. And as a result, they were not thankful. They were not thankful to God. And so as a result, they were deceived, deluded, to only live a a wasteful life. We see that all in in Romans chapter 1, especially toward the end of it. When we are so consumed with the greatness and the glory of God, though, and we're filled with His grace, um, we're filled with thanksgiving for who He is and what He has done, we will not give in to delusion. We'll, We'll not give in to this deception of the enemy. And so thankfulness guards our mind. And not only that, it guards our prayer life. 
Uh, gratitude is a guard in prayer. In Colossians 4, 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. You see, we are to pray. And when we pray, we're to give thanks to God. And so thankfulness is a prayer to our prayer, as a guard to our prayer time. Uh, also, it's a guard, gratitude is, against worry and anxiety. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when things around us are tough, when things are hard and we're tempted to let anxiety, we're tempted to let worry have its way, What does the scripture tell us to do here? To pray, to stop and pray, seeing that God's grace is sufficient to meet every need. And we're filled with thankfulness as we do that. We're filled with gratitude unto God as we make our requests made known to him. And so it's a guard against worry and anxiety. It's also a guard in community, in relationships. Gratitude is a guard even in community. In Ephesians 5.4 it says, There must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but, but rather of thanks. Gratitude, thankfulness is to fill our community, to, to fill our relationships, to, to fill our dialogue. Uh, whether it's with uh, one other person, whether it's a, a, with a small group or, or maybe, maybe even a bigger group, um, Ephesians says here, Paul says here, may there be no offensive language, criticism, ridicule, or cynicism um, in our community. And and gratitude helps us uh, be guarded against that. And so thankfulness is vital to our relationships. It's it's vital to our conversation with people uh, so that we will have our speech seasoned with grace and thankful words. And so it guards our community. Thankfulness also is a guard against grumbling. In Philippians 2.14, Paul says, Do all things without grumbling or or disputing. Uh, Grumbling, murmuring displeasure or complaining. Uh, It flows out of us when we feel like we're not getting what we deserve or or what we want. Um, It's a lack of contentment. And so it's a symptom of selfishness. And the opposite of grumbling is gratitude. The opposite of, of grumbling is, is, is thankfulness. And so when we're overflowing with gratitude and thankfulness, we're, we're seeing the grace of God rightly. And grumbling is the opposite of that. It, it literally, grumbling is, is the language of hell, while, while gratitude is, is the language of heaven. That is why this world is filled with so much grumbling and, and complaining. But followers of Christ are to be different. We're to be different. We're to be filled with gratitude. We'd be filled with thankfulness in the midst of a grumbling world. And so thankfulness, gratitude, is a guard to our soul. It's vital. It's important. And we, we see that encouraged here in Psalm 136. And as we jump back into it, look at verse 23 through 25. As it, it calls us to be thankful to God for His spiritual and physical care. It says... God, who remembered us in our low estate, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And he has rescued us from our adversaries, for his loving kindness is everlasting. 
who gives food to all flesh, for his loving kindness is everlasting. I want to flip this here and look at verse 25 first. But what we see here is uh, we're to be thankful to God for his physical care. It says he gives food to all flesh. We're to be thankful during this time for the job that we have, that the work that we have. We're to be thankful for the food that we have on our table, for the roof that we have over our head because of God. He is the provider of it all. And he provides food for all, it says here. He also provides through others during this time as well to, to help provide food and, and care for, for needs that others might have. There might be those who are without work right now or, or without the ability to go and purchase food. And so through other people, uh, God is using to provide food. And, and he is the ultimate provider. He, he provides food for all. He provides for us. And then it talks about spiritual care. Back up in verse 23 and 24, who remembered us, uh, us in our low estate. That's who God is. He remembered us in our low estate. The psalmist becomes personal here as he says us in our. He's speaking of God's salvation, the act of God saving us while we were in our low estate. You see, God continues to work and save people Today, just like he rescued the Israelites um, w- way back uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, took them out of the land of Egypt, uh, took them through the Red Sea, uh, a people that w- were held in bondage and in slavery. Um, God rescued them. He rescued them, and God defeated their adversaries when they were in their low estate. And so God is still in the work of saving today, just like he was then he's saving people, bringing them to salvation. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, 6, and also in verse 8, it says, for, for while we were still helpless, we were helpless in a low estate. It says, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, for sinners. And then in verse 8 of chapter 5 in Romans, it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, we were dead in sin without any hope. But God sent Jesus for us to defeat our adversaries to, to, that stand against us. Uh, the enemy, Satan himself, uh, the power and penalty of sin, uh, eternal death and hell uh, stood against us. But God sent Jesus to defeat our great adversaries so that we could have a relationship with him a personal relationship with God and life eternal. And so today, do do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, let me encourage you to to trust in Him today, to turn to Him for the gift of salvation. He is still in the business of saving people. But we must simply believe that Jesus is Lord and that God gave Him as a gift to us and that he died for us, and that God rose, raised him up again on the third day. Believe in that today. And so be thankful to God, uh, because he is consistently watching over us with care, spiritually and physically. And he remembers us when we are down, and he defeats our enemies, and he sustains us with every good gift that we need. That's our God. And so let us be thankful. 
And that's how this psalm closes in verse 26. It says, Give thanks to the God of heaven, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to God this morning. Praise Him for who He is. Praise Him for His great love. Praise Him for His wonderful acts. Praise Him for His salvation. Praise Him this morning. Give Him a great hallelujah, a great praise of thanks. So thanks be to God. And let us pray this morning, and then when I'm finished praying, we have a final word for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. You are good. You are God of gods. You are the Lord of lords. That's who you are. There is none like you. And so, Lord, you tell us that you will not give your glory to no other, but that you will be exalted in all the earth. And so, Lord, we exalt you this morning. We are thankful for who you are, and we're thankful for what you've done in our life, for your spiritual and physical care. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who has made it possible, who has made a way. He is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. But he has made a way for us to know you. And so we thank you for your salvation. We give you praise this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.